Travel Kit for the Mental with San Canessa. Rise and stretch. Thank you for this cup of coffee for I don't know why I need to get up. I'm San Canessa welcoming you to Survival Kit for the Mental. Squeezing your mind and gut tightly from Central America. I'm a painter, artist, noisemaker, mover shaker, neurodiversity activist, bipolar queer human from El Salvador. Yes, that tiny little nugget below Mexico, below Guatemala. Gratitude for my friends and family who keep making me make sense of this life. What would I do without you? Thank you for voices in my head that guide me to record these fascinating, controversial rants in which I get to explore my own mentals, mental health, and the arts, and what it means to survive these times that make absolutely no sense. Attempting to indeed make sense of it all, Together, maybe, we will create a survival kit to endure our mind and this world. May this podcast inspire you to play and doubt everything. Welcome to episode 21 epigenetics how our thoughts and emotions map form and how our environment shapes our lives and our bodies so with that I can tell you that there's no birds where I am anymore not like there were for a little bit when I used to play record and this pandemonic, a life live soundtrack came through and up with me as I spoke and existed. And let's say I have a deep appreciation for the sound of birds, for there are certain sounds that make us feel relaxed and at home, whether you know it or not. And there's other sounds that make us feel a little bit disoriented or edgy. And personally, I'm trying to learn how to navigate the ones that made me edgy, like the roofers working next door this weekend or the cars passing. And we can find ourselves in a place within the spectrum of noise and witness whether we live in a place where nature calls upon us every morning or if industrialism and you know capitalism calls us upon every morning and maybe there's a balance and within that noticing how we get used to things how our bodies 
get used to the environments that we place them in and we witness how in the beginning it's shocking like that big truck or how at the beginning that big truck would have killed my whole vibe and how the plane would generate an eeriness for me and how now after being here for a few weeks I've grown to become more tolerant and nervously meaning by my nervous system more accompanied and at ease with these phenomenons that are my environment what do these sounds say to me how do these sounds move me and my thoughts and my reality in life differently than the birds There is a slight alertness. There is a fight or flight triggered response. And within that I am learning to find ease for this is what happens every time I move and I move a lot which is getting used to my environmental sounds and the epigenetics because epigenetics is the way our environment shapes and forms us how our cells are affected by the cellular composition of the people around us by the colors around us by the kind of plants by the kind of species by the kinds of forms that furniture and architectural shapes take according to locations. I've lived so many different lives and this one finally feels peaceful regardless of the traffic. I feel at home. I'm in Colorado now, a town called Boulder. I mean, there's no perfect place and there is no perfect state, but there is peaceful and easeful state and place that I feel within my body and my soul and my heart. Within that, I witness how hard it is for me to sit with the goodness that is. To sit with and lean and allow into this ease when I am so identified with this ease, when I feel at home with this ease, and when I, in some weird way, have identified this ease as my sense of peace, my sense of ease, meaning my comfort, my going to. And I ask myself, who is the one asking and feeling this, these feelings? Is it my actual body? Is it my programmed mind? And I had quite a moody week. Fortunately, I'm learning not to project my moods. I just embody them and keep quiet and try to be as quiet as possible to not engage or expand my mood, which is just a pleasure, shame, guilt cycle. So I try to calm and keep my mood to myself, but I'm still moody as hell. 
And so the week passed, and I was like, wow, that was a moody week. And I was like, what is this moody thing about? And so a little cue also for all y'all that are not in the bipolar spectrum community. So we are always advised to keep a mood journal because we are known to be quite moody. And that is because our emotional capacity is so vast and our spectrum of emotional experience is pretty expanded. And that of course has a price. And so, you know, it's also interesting that when one is moody, it's harder to keep your mood journal up to date. But nonetheless, you can, after your moody week, go into your mood journal and try to figure out what the hell you were trying to say to yourself the last week. And I came to that conclusion, to how being at ease and feeling at home and not really looking for the next event because my life is good today and I'm looking forward to today, not that tomorrow. And this is new for me. Is quite uncomfortable apparently because my moods are just shooting, shooting, shooting out. And so I have compassion with that and towards that because if I feel shame and guilt and punish myself, I continue to separate from the dance of life and I continue to pretend that epigenetics is not affecting me and that I'm not part of a we. And so with compassion, I embrace the we. I embrace the collective and I embrace the environment that I'm in and I'm able to give gratitude regardless of what it is. So I have compassions for my responses. And I have a humble attitude towards witnessing how sometimes the mind is so stubborn to fall into patterns of reinforcement of what it is used to and what it seeks as habits that it can totally disregard the epigenetical factors that are there to embrace its thrivingness. Weird wild. So of course my meditation teacher advised me to put a little clock on my hand with a 10 minute alarm Every 10 minutes in the day, it goes on. And I ask myself, son, what are you thinking? And apparently saying your name is very important before asking yourself this question, because if you don't, it's like you're eavesdropping. And claiming and saying and directing your name is you taking responsibility for what are you thinking? So I guess if I take responsibility, of what I'm thinking, like when I'm thinking, God, I can't stand the fact that I'm waiting on someone's timeline to do whatever I wanna do and why aren't we there yet? I can ask myself, what am I thinking? And who is thinking this? And what is the goal and what is the response and what is the feeling sought after while thinking this? Because I would believe that I'm very predictable and we all are very predictable regardless of how unpredictable we feel like we're 
acting. If you take the time to really look at anyone and sit with someone and listen and get to know them, they become predictable. We become predictable. So how and why not learn to doubt everything, to become unpredictable? And I don't mean in a sense to not be able to be controlled and this negative connotation we have on unpredictability where it's like out of order, discontrolled, variant, danger. No. I mean the unpredictability of who one is when taking the present moment for what it is and responding to it based on that moment, not the past, not patterns, not typicality response, and actually tune in to the epigenetics of what is happening right here, right now, and from there move forward. Gratitude every day helps. Embracing and allowing and supporting curiosity to flourish supporting everyone's curiosity to flourish, not judging people's curiosities, not doubting people's intentions, for that just separates one from belonging and allowing others to have their thoughts, their opinions, even if they're not the same ones that one shares, because that's the beauty of diversity. It's like I was recently thinking about this Charlie Kaufman film. He's a director I love because he's a pretty depressive American director. And I've always identified with his depressive movies that are quite beautiful. And I was specifically thinking about Anoma Lisa, this animation that he made. And it was the story of this man who <clears throat> heard the entire world speaking on his same tone of voice. And as the movie progresses, you see how people that had their own voices all of a sudden start sounding like him. And this is all in regards to his mind. And there is the most painful part in the film where he's talking to this woman he loves and you know, they've been going on for a few months and all of a sudden she starts sounding like him. And it's like this impactful moment where we witness the deafness that we carry because we always want to hear what we want to hear and we even manipulate sound to sound the way we want it to be able to digest it to feel safe and if you observe and feel into it there's times where you're having a conversation and there's something about the tone in the person that makes you uncomfortable or creates a nervous reflection or a tick and it's a sound you're not used to. You don't like necessarily, but not because it's bad, but just because it's foreign. And in a way for that same flight and fight response, you, the creator of your reality, mentally manipulate it to sound just as you need it to calm down. Or you ask a question to reshape the answer and it's just this brilliant film about the power of this capacity that we have. So it's trippy stuff. Sound 
I also now here in Boulder, I have my studio in the garage and it's pretty lovely because it faces an alley and I open the garage door and you know in the morning everyone walks their dogs and I have a pretty cool neighbor. And he and I, he is a conductor of orchestras and we were just diving into the role of the conductor and the orchestra and a conductor's role. And think about the conductor as your mind and the orchestra as your thoughts. And so we were talking about this relationship in which, you know, the conductor typically, like the same piece can be played by the orchestra, but depending on the conductor, it'll sound different, even though it's played by the same musicians, because there is a, is a relationship that comes with body language and gesture from the conductor to the orchestra and the conductor can either really liberate the orchestra, the individual, the musicians and empower them or the conductor can really intimidate them or shut them down or make them absent and so many other things, right? And then we're specifically talking about a few other conductors who have the power to allow the orchestra to be what it is and then the conductor comes to shape and assist form and then again goes away and so the beauty about this is that if you think that you had a mind who would just stepped in your thoughts and rearrange them for the best of its expression and by best I, I feel like I'm talking about health and holistic relationship and integrated relationship and that the mind would kind of be a mother of the thoughts you know come and and softly caress the thoughts for them to sound kinder um, feel more connected create expansion play with space and most importantly allow all of them to know that they belong and that if there's no fighting and judging and competing that there might be this beautiful peace just waiting to be heard by the world, by your community, by yourself, by spirit. So yeah, pretty interesting epigenetic times. And so also, right, a lot of this kind of podcast episode today has been shaped by my epigenetics and environment and conversations and questions I've been asking myself and people around me on my walks and by placing myself in another environment and seeing the personal challenges that other environments bring. So be there as it may and we will see. I have no idea. I have no idea what's going to happen with the world right now and we are definitely living in very interesting times and as there is a lot of contraction there is a lot of expansion and I wish to remind everyone that it is up to that it is a choice to expand or to contract in whatever subject or matter that your attention is really going towards and into whether political, economical, social, demographical, cultural, race. And so yes to self-care and 
yes to embracing the power of epigenetics and wondering what your epigenetics are all about. So foods for thoughts and thoughts for pops and yeah, all that shazam. May you have the courage to play and doubt everything. Email me at mentalpopcorntime at gmail.com and I, I am really um, not sorry, but obviously I'm not recording my podcasts um, with a towel over my head and a professional microphone because I guess I like just taking you out on my walks and with me, so... I hope the sound and quality of recording is not making it difficult for you to stay with me and maybe it's allowing for more curiosity in it and I also look into receiving some feedback on that to know what is best for us sharing this moment. And to support, please subscribe or write a review and take care of yourself and all that around you. Lots of love. Bye. Survival Kid for the Mental with San Canessa.